listening to Squat Club on the Air. Hello, Squat Club family. This is Lauren and Sarah coming to you live. Hello. The lovely Lauren, our customer service representative. <laughs> you see her smiling face downstairs <laughs> most afternoons. Oh, thank you. The meeting and greeting, that's Lauren. Um, today we've got sort of a, a bit of a personal podcast for you guys that uh, we wanted to chat a bit about the relationship with food um, on a personal level. So the experiences that we've both had um, in the past with food. So if if you're finding that food in particular at this point of the year after Christmas and the holidays is a big trigger and it's anxiety um, and all those types of things, then you may not want to continue to listen. But if you feel like you might take something out of it, in particular how we've gone about um, dealing with our anxiety around food and training and things like that, then listen in because we've, <laughs> we've, um, we've come a long way, haven't we, Lauren? We definitely have. And I think this is a good one to touch on. And I feel like a lot of people kind of hide and think maybe they're the only ones that go through this, but we want to voice our journey with um, our relationship with food and hopefully that helps you guys as well. Yeah, and particularly in the fitness industry, it's such a it's such a touchy subject. Um, mm. It's so subjective when it comes to food, and everyone like it's correlation causation. It's not it's not one approach fits all, and and that's Definitely. what um, we're trying to get people to understand is that fad diets and all those types of things they're not <laughs> they're not they are a, a quick fix mm. for yeah the short term, but we're looking at longevity and repairing our relationship with food. That's right. Um, so we'll start off with what was your initial relationship with food? So with my journey, I had a healthy household. Um, my mum has always been a health freak, which has been good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, growing up in primary school, we rarely had lunch orders or fast food. Um, my mum always taught us to, you know, have, um, bad foods in moderation. So, um, and that has obviously just gone through generations. So my mum, my grandmother has told my mum that and then that has now gone down to me. Um, and so, yes, there was labels on food as being good and bad. And so by good, I mean, you know, food from the earth, like your fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And then bad foods being just processed like pizza and Chocolate, all the <laughs> yummy stuff, donuts. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff that yeah. makes you want more. Yeah. <laughs> and then during high school, I became quite interested in fitness and health. So um, I did a lot of exercise at home. I did sport at school. Plus I did it as um, a subject, an extra subject. Um, I was quite active, but I used that as a punishment as I was really uneducated with food. Um, so if I would eat something bad, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go and punish myself. You know, you ate that bad food, we need to work it off. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually I would restrict through the week and then I would kind of overeat on weekends or if I'm being good through the week and I was like, nah, I want something bad. (laughs) I would have that, but then I would have an all or nothing approach. I would then. There's no gray in the middle yet. If you've had one bad meal, you may as well have the rest of the day as a bad meal day yeah <laughs> kind of just throw everything out the window yeah definitely so that was my initial relationship and then after coming here it has changed but we'll get into that a bit later I was, was um I was quite the opposite actually in not in a bad way but like I never sort of grew up around like 
good food versus bad food type. It was just like I was eating what I was given. So um, yeah. whoever cooked dinner, whether it was <laughs> my dad, my mum or my sister, whatever's on the plate, we just I just, just ate, ate it. it. So I was very active as a child as well. I played a lot of sport and it never really um, hit me that food would play such a big role in progress or, um, or my sport as I grew up. So I didn't, I didn't think too much about it. Like I loved meat pies and donuts <laughs> and all those things. Like Yum. I couldn't go Thursday night shopping without getting a pink donut. Yeah. That was my number one rule. That's it. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just around 17, I took a bit more interest in my mm-hmm. fitness and food and that's kind of where everything went downhill for me. When did your um, professional cricket start off? Was that at that age or was that? Uh, I played um, state stuff from the age of, I think it was 12. So my Australian career started around, I think it was I can't really remember. <laughs> um, I'm nearly 30 at my age. So, <laughs> um, it's, it started around then, but it was more so when I started training a lot more for cricket mm-hmm. and I started dropping weight and people started noticing and then I, I was like, oh, cool, people are noticing. So yeah. I sort of um, I began restricting my food and training more and more yeah. and more and the more I did it, the more people noticed. So I was yeah. like, cool, this is great. And then it just Did spiraled. that give you confidence as well? Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. I felt good. People were saying I looked good. My fitness results were mm-hmm. unbelievable. Incredible. My testing, all my fitness testing for cricket and stuff was really good. So I didn't see a problem and at you're that like, point. this is the answer. Like, yeah. I just need to keep doing this and yeah. I'll just keep getting better and better. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Yeah. And um, during your uh, journey with food, have you ever binge ate or, yeah, binge eat? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So in two thousand and fourteen, I was officially diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, um, and a lot of the time during the week, I did what you did, or even during the day. Like I got to a point where my body was waking me up every three hours at night when I was sleeping because wow. it just was reminding me that you're still alive because I restricted so much, and it got to a point where I had one bite of like a protein bar and I just couldn't stop myself. Literally couldn't stop myself. I ate, I think, seven of them at once. Like, not at once, but in one hit. Within Mm. ten minutes, just scoffed them down. And then I made myself sick. Yeah. And then I went for a run. Yeah. So, I've... Because you felt guilty. Yeah, I felt guilty. I felt like I needed to go run it off because I couldn't control myself around it. Mm. um, Because I was just restricting so much. And the only answer I had was I would either be sick or I would run or I would do both. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. And I think so. some people as well, they get the term binge eating a bit confused. Like some people may um, confuse it with overeating yeah. instead of binge eating. But yeah, binge eating is probably more um, for people that are a bit unsure. Um, overeating an excessive amount of calories without any control in any a, control. In a like short a, period like of time, really. It kind yeah. of, you, you're in a bit of a trance and yeah. you... You just don't – I didn't even realise what was happening. You really I don't, I just though. kept reaching and reaching and then by the time I'd finished, I looked down at the wrappers and I was like, what just I happened? I know. So yeah. di- there definitely is a difference between overeating calories when you have mm. that bag of chips and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that bag. <laughs> yeah. It's very different to what just that happened. Episode. Like I don't yeah. remember how that just happened type thing. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think um, with me it was about two years ago and – um, I was going through a strict 
dieting phase and that's no one else's fault but myself like it was a challenge I set for myself um and I was following the flexible dieting approach so I wasn't uneducated um with food I knew what was in foods but um I would opt for lower calorie options so I would have um salads for like breakfast lunch and dinner just so I didn't feel hungry through the day I just wanted to always be full so you had bulk food nutrient dense food so yeah um in terms of like nutrient dense food versus if you want a pizza Mm. right and you make a healthy version of a pizza you can probably have double the amount of salad for the same (laughs) amount of calories so that's that's how I look at it It's, it's either bulk food or it's like a sacrifice of okay I'm gonna have this smaller meal I'm probably mm. going to be fuller for longer, mm. but I like the look of a bigger meal. Yes, yeah. oh, definitely. And, um, yeah, so I wasn't uneducated with the good and bad foods, but I was just being mindful with my food choices. Um, and I kind of stopped going out, or if I did go out, I would bring my own food. And that's not, like, a bad thing or anything, but I was just getting really obsessive, and it was a really obsessive behaviour. I wasn't enjoying myself and this is probably for another time, but I thought if I was lean, I'm going to be super happy. And I didn't give myself um, that opportunity to be happy through the journey. I was like, nah, if I'm lean, that's when I'll be happy. Um, but anyway, I was scared of um, like celebrations like birthdays, Easter, Christmas, because I was like, oh, there's going to be this food out on the table. And if I have one, I'll, just this mindset I had that I would go all or nothing again. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I sometimes when I had a birthday, I would have something and then I'm thinking, oh, when I get home, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this and this. And then automatically I'm already thinking that, so I'm probably going to do it. And then when I got home, I would just, yeah, have a bit of an episode and it wasn't overeating. It was definitely, it was definitely a binge eating episode. And yeah, it's not that nice. And again, during that time, I was very food focused. I would look up stuff on Instagram, look up food combinations and look up our food challenges <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I was just thinking that was normal at the time but now I'm like no that's I needed to break that obsessive um behavior yeah and there's like like you said there's nothing wrong with tracking your food or Bring um, food. taking your own food somewhere it's just like if you're not preparing for something mm. or you're not on a strict diet that's going to get you to that preparation phase for a show or a comp or whatever like it's yeah, not that one comp. night out is not gonna hinder much progress Definitely. if you're on the long haul yeah so it's um yeah we found out the hard way that it's okay to yeah. enjoy yourself <laughs> and yes we still bring our own food um places but i don't think we have that same mindset as um well i don't as with what i used to no but it still can create a lot of anxiety around um events in particular like Christmas and things like that, where you've got mm. enough food to feed a small village. <laughs> like it's um, yep. it's still it's still something that's really underlying. And for me, it's I still am scared of certain foods. Um, it's yep. very hard for me to overcome that barrier. Mm. Um, and it, it can be a trigger to go into an episode. I haven't had one, but um, a certain food can set you off and just think I, I'm in much more mm. control now, yeah. and I know how to um, avoid it. Yeah. But there's still some foods that I won't eat because I know the feeling it gives me. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just want to just avoid that altogether. Yeah. It's just not worth the way it makes my body feel and then the mind games that it yeah. creates and the battle that I've got to fight. Honestly. To just 
stay in control and it's yeah. very, very draining. Oh, definitely. Very draining. I and nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, how did you break? Oh, well, I mean, we're kind of still on this journey, but mm-hmm. how did you break that anxiety around food or good and bad food? kind of contradictory because tracking in the first place led me down this road but um kind of brings you out a bit it brings you out a bit as well so I started to track but a little bit more flexible Mm -hmm. um and I even pulled back my training a little bit as well and I started to not base my happiness or anything on the foods that I ate so I, I wasn't happier because I had veggies as opposed mm. to hot chips or I wasn't happier because I didn't eat that ice cream. And that kind of really helped me get over that hurdle that I can enjoy foods and not miss out yeah. because I was unhappy when I was missing out or thought I was missing out. Yeah, so I learned yeah. how – I kind of taught myself how to moderate. So I'd have a little bit of this and a little bit of that yeah. and then I'd distract myself. Yeah. So I'd play with like one of those – where you oh like a Rubik's cube yeah I, I've oh. never finished one I don't know I've never done it <laughs> no me like, either <laughs> or like a yo-yo or I'd just listen to something. music and just something to keep my mind and my hands busy so I wasn't still thinking about you only had a that little bit of that you can yeah. finish it do you know what I mean yeah. so That's I kind of thing. yeah I kind of worked through it through it that way and I started to look a bit deeper into nutrition and how to fit different foods where and that kind of helped me get over a few hurdles yeah and tracking definitely helps with that too and that's kind of like me and how I kind of learned to break the cycle of good and bad foods so I had to retrain my thought process and it took a lot of um, education and time and I'm still on this journey but definitely improved so much um, from where I was Um, but now like when I see food and I want a piece of chocolate I just see it as either Less nutritious or more nutritious, um, like what we discussed earlier. Like if we wanted that salad compared to that piece of pizza, that wouldn't fill up, wouldn't <laughs> won't fill us up um, as much. But a cue that my PT Ash told me was that food won't run away, and and that taught me moderation as well and um, portion control. So. If I wanted or if I fit in that piece of chocolate, I know that it's not going to run away and I don't have to have more. It's still going to be there the next day. So that definitely helped me as well. Um, And to not be so strict with myself, just like you, being a bit more flexible. Um, And unless you're prepping for a comp or something like that, the fitness game is all about consistency, not perfection. Um, So, yeah, just definitely with me, just recognising that behaviour and... um, I need to keep retraining it. What I found as well is that when I started to let myself eat things and moderate it... And allow yourself. Yeah, and allow myself to enjoy it. It's um, I figured out that it was more... It's not necessarily that I wanted that food. It's that when I was restricting myself, it was the you can't have this versus mm. but I wanted. It was the yeah. anticipation of the feeling of eating it when... That's all I was craving. So yeah. I didn't really like I didn't really want the food or the chocolate or whatever, but it was the anticipation of how it tasted. Yeah. Because I was so strict on no. through the week that yeah. I've just had veggies or I've just had this. And now the anticipation of what I've just seen, like that chocolate bar, the feeling that that gave me was like 
you know. Yeah, it was more the anticipated yeah, yeah. feeling than it's so the funny, actual hey? food itself. Yeah. So once I learned to moderate, <laughs> that was much easier to yeah. like to go about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and Sarah, have you always tracked your food? Mm, uh, no, I have not always tracked my food. <laughs> <laughs> I only just started tracking again, actually. So I go through phases of it. And, yeah. Um, like I, it serves a purpose when I want it to, but because of my past relationship with food, I'm trying to just intuitively eat and reconnect my mind with my body to mm-hmm. say I'm full, I'm hungry, I'm satisfied, mm-hmm. um, or I'm bored, um, yep. dehydrated. So I'm trying mm. to get in touch with all those cues again. So um, only tracking because I'm prepping for a powerlifting comp, but otherwise I'm trying to eat intuitively get enough nutrients in during the day and just enjoy other things in moderation. Nice. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, when they don't track, they underestimate how much they eat. Like, it's so um, easy to overconsume on certain foods, mm-hmm. for example, like peanut butter <laughs> or oils <laughs> yes. or really high-calorie things. But yeah. um, learning to weigh my food and tracking has taught me flexibility. But, yeah, that has kind of led me down – in that hole before but like again it's bringing me back up and I think it's all mindset too and um all that but people say sometimes weighing your food is obsessive but it's kind of like um that analogy of um tracking your bank account or like your savings and stuff um but at first like I was so unhappy this is before I joined squat club and I was like what do I do like I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising, but I'm seeing no progress. Like, what am I doing wrong? And that's when I took the step into here and I became so much more educated and I got a coach and um, he taught me tracking and helps me become aware of what's in food, like what has protein, carbs and fats. Um, and if it's not for you, it's definitely just a tool so you become aware and make better food choices, yeah. I guess. And there's nothing wrong with being obsessive. No. If you use it in the right way. <laughs> exactly. So you can still, easily abuse it. Yeah, like I still obsess over the food I eat and the training that I do, but that's because I have goals set. Mm. But they, they're they not the be-all and end-all now. They're just yeah. a place that I want to reach and I know that I can enjoy myself in the process. So yes. I'll still talk about training and food all the time, mm-hmm. but Me I've too. <laughs> redirected that obsessive energy into longevity rather than Bench, yeah, being so caught up in I can't come out to dinner yeah like I'm not gonna eat that piece of birthday cake yeah which was definitely my mindset again when I went through that really strict phase I was like there's nothing all I, nothing else I want except to be lean that's all I want but now I know to enjoy the process and I know how to get there and I know that this these are the tools on what to do and like I said it's about consistency and not perfection but and on a personal note, being lean sucked. I was cold <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I all remember. All the time. I had so many layers on. My feet and my hands were cold. Especially oh. here in winter. Oh, it was, yeah. It w- I was not happy. But even <laughs> when it was warm, I remember when you were wearing, like, a, like the big jumper in here. Yeah. Yeah, always cold. Doesn't always mean happiness. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this probably links to the same question, but how do you control your cravings? Is it really just through tracking that you? Um, it's more through it's more through balance with my meals. Mm. So, um, a lot of the t- like I eat quite a low fat diet. Well, I did, 
Um, and now I've added in um, a bit more fats, but I've also portioned out protein and carbs with that. So yeah. those meals that are more balanced, they kind of take away my cravings but when I do have a sweet tooth like my version of chocolate is a protein bar yeah so I try and pick a better nutrient dense option or something that's deemed better for me so if I want um, ice cream or something like that I might have yogurt with berries or something like that yeah I just it's a bit of give and take but when I want ice cream sometimes you just want the ice cream sometimes you just have it yeah and sometimes it's it's better to give in to the craving and have a little Mm. bit and be like, okay, good, I, I had and that keep little bit. It. And yeah. then have something else. So have that little square of chocolate, but then have your yogurt and berries after, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't exactly. crave. And so, so the craving doesn't lead to a binge yeah. <laughs> or an overeating. Yeah, so exactly I would right. have a little bit of what I want and then eat the rest of something else. Yeah, because yeah. I've heard some people, like, when they have that craving, like for chocolate, for example, they would eat any other food besides that, but yet they're still thinking in their mind about that chocolate. So and they've that's eaten. what leads to yeah. overeating because yeah. they end up eating the chocolate anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then they have that one bit of chocolate and they're like, well, I may as well eat it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's mine that, as well. That's that all-nothing <laughs> approach. There's yeah. no grey in there. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and, like, when we – same as me, like, with cravings, I try to have meals that uh, have a balance of – yeah, protein, fat, carbs to keep me sustained. Um, and when we tend to not eat for a long period of time, we tend to get ravenous and we just want to eat whatever we see. Like our body's craving energy. It wants food. Um, so I try and have meal timing as well. That's what works for me, eating every two hours, just so I'm not waiting for food or if I'm waiting a long period of time, that's when kind of a trigger for me might come on. Um but yeah, everything's about mindset and like our mind is honestly so powerful. It's just so hard to comprehend what its full potential is. Um, and we tend to have a negative um, or have a emotion towards food or scales. But Eating my feelings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that Definitely. thrown around a lot. Yeah, I hear that thrown around. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I try and for my cravings um, – Sometimes I don't even have that food in the house. Like, I do have um, my treats, um, but before I would buy a block of chocolate, and if it was there, I just kept thinking about it, just wanted to eat it, and yeah. I would overconsume on it. So sometimes even not having that food in the house, if you have a particular goal, um, is a good idea as well. And I would opt for, again, like yogurt or berries or something like that. Um, but now um, I learn if I want it, I'll... Track it, put it in, and I'm happy. Yeah. I, I know not to overconsume. It's always going to be there. It's not going to run away. <laughs> yeah, and that's the hardest thing to understand is that, like I said, it's that anticipation of eating yeah. it. So you think <laughs> it's going to run away because you just want it now. Yeah. But it will always be there. You can always go and get it. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's just about – it is about that mindset and it's just the hardest thing to learn is control. But – um, if you feel like you're under-eating, you're overeating, or you're not seeing progress, it, it is contradictory, but the only thing to do is to track and see where you're at mm. and speak to someone that can help you with it. Definitely. Because if you don't know, you just you can't guess when it comes to your body if you're already in a bad mindset. Yeah. It's, it's better to track, be consistent, and know than to just go into that all or nothing. Well, I've eaten 
this today, I may as well just keep eating yeah. and eating. Or it's it's the other way. It's like I'm just not going to eat for two days. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there needs to be that grey in between and a bit of education around it and a bit of control that you can learn if you want to start tracking or anything like that. And it, it takes time. Too. It does take time. It takes a lot of time. With some people like, oh, like I've been doing this for, I don't know, two weeks or something. They're like, oh, like I still have um, kind of triggers or episodes. Or, but it's a journey. It takes so long to yep. – it just takes time. And initially tracking is daunting and it can be very hard. But what you'll, what you'll figure out is if you grind it out – you'll find the foods that you like and the routines and the meals that you like and it'll just be second nature. And the idea is to get to the end of your tracking and be able to intuitively eat Yeah, and know the cues with your body. Exactly. Tracking is just a tool. It's not for everyone. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. but it definitely <laughs> helps with results and it can help to get you in a better mindset if you know what's going into your body of rather course. than guessing. There's nothing worse than doubting yourself. Mm. <laughs> 100%. So hopefully this helped a few of you guys. Thank you, Lauren, for coming out with this wonderful podcast No, idea. thank you for doing it with me. You're so <laughs> welcome. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it and hopefully we've helped a few of you out there by sharing our journey with you. Yes. Enjoy. Thank you.